Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast where week after week, I find amazing leaders who share their insights and hopefully inspire you. And if you love this episode, please tell others. Don't keep this resource to yourself. Let others reap the benefits of these great conversations. And also, please remember, subscribe, rate, review, so we can continue to bring you great programming. And just know, just know that I am here to serve the C-suite leader of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. And today, I am so excited that I was introduced to Zach White. Zach is known around the world for changing the game in career coaching, for engineering leaders. <laughs> Music to my heart, I'm an engineer. And he has worked with hundreds of leaders at all levels from top technology companies worldwide, including Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, to industry leaders like General Motors, Nike, Lockheed Martin, and many, many others. He is the founder and CEO of Oasis of Courage, a fast-growing company with a unique and proven coaching program exclusively for engineers, and also the host of a top-rated show, The Happy Engineer Podcast. Can't wait to hear more about all of these accomplishments. Zach, welcome to the show. Deb, thank you so much for having me. Truly a pleasure. I'm excited. You know what? And you have a great podcast voice as well. You got great equipment, great voice. <laughs> it is going to be a pleasure to listen to you. Oh, well, that's a really <laughs> kind way to start. I'm I'm honored. Thank you. My my late night FM DJ voice. I've been practicing for a decade for this moment, Deb. And you got a great equipment too. But like, hey, we got to stick together, keep lifting our spirits because this is a tough industry. The interviewing, the work that we put into bringing great stories to our communities. But I want to know more about your story. Again, you're an engineer just like mine, and you have taken a path that is, seems quite interesting to myself. Love to learn about you a little bit personally. And how did you get to this purposeful work that you're doing now? Well, my engineering days began at Purdue, studied mechanical engineering. So rebelled from my childhood growing up with my dad as an electrical engineer, Deb. So you wanted to make sure and not follow in his footsteps too close. So you went to mechanical <laughs> engineering, the other side of that coin. But no, I came out of school, got my first job at a, a great company. It was a leadership development program for top talent intake at Whirlpool Corporation. It was a huge success to start my career with this opportunity to do rotations and, and learn fast. And Whirlpool paid for my master's degree, also in mechanical engineering at the University of Michigan. And Deb, everything was going great. I got married right out of college to my college sweetheart and ballroom dance partner. We could talk about that sometime if you want. But everything just the way I planned it, Deb, life going smooth. And I tell everyone, looking back, I really only had one strategy for success. And I really wanted to be a success. But that strategy was work harder, get smarter. It always served me in school. I could close any gap and solve any problem by just going to the library and work harder, keep 
building that intelligence, which is what engineers take so much pride in. And now I would say so much ego in, but at the time didn't necessarily see it that way. And Deb, after about six years of doing everything I could to advance in my career, I ended up in a place I never expected to be a rock bottom, complete burnout. I was sitting at a beautiful wood table in an attorney's office, catty corner from my divorce lawyer, working through the process of getting divorced. And I remember in that moment looking around the room just saying, how in the world did my life end up here? It's the last place I ever expected or wanted to be. And I would have traded all those promotions and career accolades that I'd earned in those six years for the opportunity to rewind the clock and do that over. And the recovery from that burnout, from that depression and embarrassment of where my life had led was a time when I hired my first coach. I started exploring what it really means to experience success and happiness, success and fulfillment in my whole life. And I developed a completely new approach that as an engineer was really foreign to me. It didn't align with a lot of my natural ways of being, but I experienced tremendous success. Five promotions in five years, happier than I'd ever been, working less hours than I ever had. And it led me down this path of purpose to take the learnings and the lessons from that failure and go help other engineering leaders at all levels who are experiencing some of the same symptoms or challenges or frustrations that I had experienced. And chose to take a courageous leap out of a very successful career path at the time. A lot of people thought I was nuts, including my mother. <laughs> but uh, she had great faith in me and confidence and encouraged me every step of the way. But I left that career in 2019 to launch my business, which exclusively serves engineers and people in technical STEM professions or starting their own business in this field to help them with what we call lifestyle engineering. So I got my mechanical engineering degrees from Purdue and the University of Michigan, but Deb, I got my lifestyle engineering degree from the School of Hard Knocks and Failure. And that is what we do now is coach these amazing leaders to a level of success beyond what they might have even thought possible, but doing it in a way that they don't burn out or become a slave to their work. And that's, that's where we are today. And that's your story and you're sticking to it. That's right. Oh my, you know, I'm thinking about myself, work hard, get good grades, get that job, get that promotion, make that money. And you just keep going. And I don't know if that's the American dream or that's how we're programmed or what have you. Now you came to that realization, but I'm curious, there's a lot of us engineers, a lot of us STEM professionals, highly talented people that are getting to the same place and time. What's wrong with the system? What's wrong with the mindset? How did we arrive at such a place? You shared your story, but there must be something systemic that you see. I think the answer is yes, on both sides. Okay. So I don't cast the blame on just the companies and the culture. I don't cast the blame just on the engineers. Uh, as a coach, I don't get into the business of casting blame in general. But <laughs> if I was going to point out where do those systemic challenges lie, let's talk briefly about both sides. So first on, on the company side. And the fact is that for the longest time, and we see a lot of it energy seeking to change this, but I do believe it's still true, the core incentives that a company is built around 
are exclusively in service of the company, its shareholders, and its profits. And you you could argue it's customers. But to think about as an individual engineer in that context, my personal well-being was not on the radar of something that really mattered to organizations, especially the Fortune 500, these large global institutions. It's really not their number one priority. It's always been my responsibility to take care of my own life and the company's going to take care of the company. And that's still true. So at some level, if I'm willing to give all of my life to the company for whatever they've contracted to pay me for, they will gladly take it. Why would they draw the line anywhere other than as far as I will let them go? Because they want as much value from me as an employee as they can get in service of those objectives and incentives. And I don't really blame them for that in a negative way. It's just what it is, right? Nobody's at fault for that, but I do believe it's a it's a short-sighted perspective. It, it neglects the fact that when you do burn out your teams, when you do have disgruntled or disengaged employees, you're actually diminishing those ultimate aims, but it's hidden from view. We don't see that direct correlation. So that's a whole podcast worth of problems <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, on the one side. Let's talk about engineers, though, especially how they're unique in creating this problem. And I do think this is an all-people problem, Deb. So if anybody is not an engineer, don't tune out for this because it's still relevant. But engineers have a unique disadvantage. And here it is. We are taught, conditioned, and the whole education system we go through to seek the correct solution to a problem. And we get rewarded for the prowess and power of our intelligence. So you take that reality and couple it with another really important function of engineers, which is to go figure out everything that can break, any way that this could go wrong, all the negatives and downsides and potential risks of every situation, and to spend all of our energy leaning into how might we correct that. And so we enter the workplace and we come into our lives professionally and personally with a cognitive bias to find fault in everything. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, while that serves us in engineering, when we go through life looking for the one right answer and finding fault in everything, that by itself starts us down a path that does not serve us in so many contexts and situations, let alone personality traits like introversion or shyness and a general you know, ego built on intelligence like I experienced you know, as, as a young engineer, and I think most engineers do. So combine these two things and you get this perfect storm where STEM professionals, you know, three, four, five years out of college find themselves in these places where they're no longer experiencing that passion for the work. All of the bureaucracy, all of the systemic and cultural things about doing work in a societal context starts to wear them down. And we weren't ever given the tools to deal with that as, as individuals. For some people, that leads to really challenging burnout. Deb, the one that's even more sad to me is the people who never really burn out, but they go decades just generally unhappy. And they think, well, this is what it is. Work work is work. It's supposed to be this way. It's Nobody said it was going to be fun or feel good. Uh, it pays the bills. And this they just write it out. Th that's the one that really breaks my heart. 
So this is getting very depressing <laughs> to some extent, but it's it's one of those things. I mean, engineer, we love to solve problems. We love to fix things. People are happy. They high five when we can come up with those solutions and then they want more and then they want more and then they're going to put you on the next project and they're going to give you a promotion and then they want more. And then, yes, it can burn you out. You're your successes and your strengths ultimately become your demise. And you do have to kind of set some boundaries. But again, I think one of the things that you're passionate about having had that perspective is that, you know, engineers need coaches. And I never would have thought of this. You would hope your boss would have been your mentor or coach to kind of guide you. All they would do is just kind of give you tips on how to do things better, faster, cheaper, go to this course, go to this training program, Nobody talked about a coach unless you were an elite person on a path to the C-suite. So why do engineering leaders need coaches? I wholeheartedly believe that everyone who wants to experience the biggest, most amazing experience of life that they're capable of experiencing needs a coach. So that goes for engineers, that goes for everybody. Now, if it's not your desire to experience all of what life may have to offer for you, then that's fine. (laughs) You don't need a coach. But if you want to reach your full potential in this life, a coach is necessary to get there. Now, here's why. For one, we all have blind spots. And just inherent to the term, (laughs) we will not see them on our own. And the fact is, you are very lucky. It is a rare situation that you will have a boss or a mentor or a colleague who will pause their own agenda long enough to support you in finding those and dealing with those blind spots to help you experience greater levels of success and fulfillment. And a coach is solely dedicated to your agenda. So that's number one. Like we all need to address the areas that no matter how hard you look, you won't see it. Hence blind spot. Okay. That's, that's number one. But Deb, number two is I'll just relate it back to this engineering ego. Where did we come off thinking that just because we're so smart, we don't need coaches, when in every domain of life, the best players always have the best coaches? And in fact, the player is often more qualified in the skill or sport at that moment in time than their coach is. Michael Phelps could outswim his Olympic swimming coach. You know, Michael Jordan could outplay his coach on the basketball court, right? It's not about, oh, this guy can't teach me how to write better code than I already know how to write, so I don't need his or her help. It's not about that. It's about you becoming the absolute best version of you. And that's what a coach is there for. I love the example of someone like Tony Robbins. How does he coach Serena Williams in tennis? Tony doesn't even play tennis, or if he does, not very well. And yet he's coaching Serena because coaching is about your mindset. It's about your strategies and skill sets. And it's about accountability to you stepping up into your full potential. And Deb, I know you know this, but so often a coach may say something you already know you should do, but you just (laughs) haven't been doing it. And when you invest in that process and you're committed to yourself and your coach that you're going to follow through, that by itself is rocket fuel for your life. So 
very meaningful. And I have had some coaches along the way for technical skills, but also I have a mentor that sits on my shoulder every once in a while and gets me to think differently because even in a very creative space, now that I'm in my own business, I can also get tunnel vision and not see the possibilities. But what I would really love to now to kind of bring it home to some reality, because there are a lot of engineers out there in my audience. There are just people, I don't care if they're an engineer or not, may say, you know what? I like the way (laughs) Zach's voice sounds. (laughs) I think I might be able to get some. I would love maybe an example. Again, you two, your your own case study. But tell me an example of where maybe a leader engineering leader came to you or maybe was suggested that he go to you, he or she, and what was their situation and maybe what was their blind spot and how did you help them through? I just want to bring it home to some reality of how you've helped people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about two quick examples that address the two most common places I see engineers get stuck. Mm -hmm. The first is in their mindset. And the fact is most engineers whether they're right out of college or they've been leading for decades at a high level, don't spend time and energy of personal development in their mindset. So one of my amazing clients, a gentleman named Eric, came to me. He was a manager in software engineering, and he really wanted to find a promotion and new role at a new company in the AI space. So had a vision for his career path. He wanted to make that change. And he'd been applying and interviewing for roles for quite some time before we met. And in his own words, you can listen to him share the story on our website. He was bombing the interviews. So in his mind, he had an interview problem. Zach, I need the tactics. I need the tools for how to interview better. And he approached that problem like an engineer would. What are the skills? What are the strategies? What's the framework? Is it star? Is it this, you know, like, tell me what to do to go nail my interviews. And we got into our coaching journey together and said, you know, Eric, this is not a tactics issue. You're too smart. Like you can find all the frameworks for free on the internet. And you've already done that research. It's not about the tactics for you. It's about your mindset. And Deb, it's just a blank stare, right? What do you mean? What does that even mean? (laughs) So we start digging in. Well, what are the beliefs that you hold about yourself right now? What's the identity that you've placed yourself into up till this point in your life? Who are you in your mind and body when you step into that interview, right? What version of you is showing up? We start really unpacking this and found all of these limiting beliefs about, well, I I always bomb interviews. Well, Deb, if that's your belief systems that I always bomb interviews, you're going to really struggle (laughs) in every interview. So how do we turn that around? And we showed Eric the strategies to do what we call the mindset work. How do you shift a belief that you've held by evidence and experience for a long time? right? That's a challenging thing to do. We call it mindset work for a reason. And we, we coached through this and started to make these changes. And, and the next interview felt really good. And the next one, he felt great. And the next one, he crushed it. And in just a few short weeks, he landed what was his dream position at the pay he wanted in a company he was excited about. And it was just about shifting his mindset, something that would have been a complete blind spot before we met. So I'll pause there because I think, Deb, you might relate to this. It's such a a tricky area because it's kind of feels almost woo-woo or weird to people to talk about, but it's so fundamental and foundational to growth. 
So I agree with you so much. And I don't know how I've developed these skills. Again, engineer at the heart, problem solver, data driven. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates for experiencing job frustration. I wrote The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track, to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months. And it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com and click on my products, The CEO's Compass, and order yours on Amazon or other outlets. And now back to the conversation. What I have found though, beyond the numbers and the spreadsheets, is people their mindset, what they say, and how their physical body language come across is also valuable engineering data. And I had a person, I used to work with them at another company. They were applying for jobs. They had the resume cleaned up really, really nice. Great message. And they weren't getting the interviews. And sometimes a coach, a trusted partner sitting in front of them, I listened, I asked them a few questions. And what I found were a couple things. First, they might not look me in the eye. As they were thinking, they would look afar, and that's okay, but they wouldn't come back to me, and I brought that to their attention. I said, you're always looking off into the distance and not connecting with a human. It's about human connection, not necessarily the words that come Mm. out of your mouth. It's about building trust with people, number one. And then the other thing was that they're just applying for a certain level of jobs, what they've always done. I said, you know, I look at you, I know you, you're already performing and speaking at the next higher level. Did you realize that you're already at a director, not a manager level? And it almost shocked them. I know this. And when I told them and I gave them a different perspective, it shifted their mindset. Wait a second. I never thought about it that way. I didn't realize I turned my head away versus looking straight at the person. And I'm not saying I'm a professional coach. But having somebody, another set of eyes and ears, that person a month later told me, guess what? I got a job. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) The value of somebody else, external support. It's 100%. I'm working with someone named Tim who just celebrated a huge win that he landed a new role. And in his post in our private community, he said, the win is not just that I landed the job, having been unemployed for months and really struggling. The win is that I never would have applied for this job three months ago before I met Zach in this community. It's like, I would have ruled myself out. I didn't think I was qualified for this. And now I got this even bigger role than I dreamed of. So yeah, Deb, there's so much to unpack there, but it can also be really tactical. And a simple example of this, a gentleman named Scott, who is an engineer, very successful manager level leader. He's been managing for a long time. And one of the exercises we do in our signature coaching program is a time audit. We just look at those 168 hours of your week for one or two weeks in a row and really get clear on exactly where your time is going, which is a task anyone could do on their own right now. I highly encourage everybody, you know, whether it's 15 minute or 30 minute intervals, just take time at the end of every day. Or, or honestly, for me, I need to check in multiple times a day because it's easy to forget where your time went throughout, a, you know, a full, a full workday. But keep track. Where's it going? Well, Scott did that exercise for a week and he reached out to me and said, 
something must have gone wrong in the exercise act because I was writing down everything I was doing and I can't find 14 hours of my week. <laughs> it doesn't add up to 168. Everything that I did only added up to 154, meaning there was 14 hours of unaccounted for time somewhere in his week. And he's like, wow, was I on my phone or watching YouTube or in transition and not paying attention for 14 hours? That's an entire workday plus of time that's just mm -hmm. vaporizing into these in-between spaces or wasted time for him. And it was a huge aha that now we can apply some of these time investment and energy management tools that we coach to have a massive impact. I mean, just imagine getting a whole day back in your work life. That's that's huge. So sometimes it's very tactical. And we have to do that hard work in order to just let the data speak for itself, which brings me then to then the area of work that I really am interested in. Once we have these aha moments, you talk about lifestyle engineering. I love that terminology, but your main talking point, it's very similar to my brand. I do the work that I do so that people can navigate their challenges with confidence, but with a tagline, so they struggle less and have more time to do the things they love for themselves, for friends, family, and community. And you talk about, ultimately, we should be doing less. So help me to understand how you've helped people do less. Yeah. Deb, I love that our messages are aligned. And the truth is, peace is the new profit and freedom is the key to fulfillment. And so when we talk about time, freedom, like you're sharing, having more time for ourselves and our hobbies and our loved ones and or, or time to invest into work in the way that you want to make an impact, there's just nothing like it. And I, I feel that shift is happening on a big scale in in individuals' lives and across companies and cultures. And so we really want to help people live into this. And lifestyle engineering is exactly that. How do I create the career of my dreams? But that only exists in the context of the life of your dreams. Wow. And so we need to paint the broader picture. Career coaching in isolation from life coaching is incomplete and will lead you down a road that might feel good at first, but eventually something in your life will cause you to trip up if you're not paying attention to those other areas, those other domains, or you know, Stephen Covey would have called them the roles that we play in our lives. And so right. that's the center and the heart of everything we do is to take your purpose, to take your priorities, your values, and your vision and align it around all of who you are, not just the title or the pay or the impact you want to make it work. I love that. I love that. And so let's just get clear a little bit because I, I may have missed this when I read your bio, like who do you serve, just individuals or groups? Because if there's somebody out there that's getting kind of intrigued by what you have to say, I want the right people to be attracted to your work. 90% of my clients are individual engineers or you know, engineering managers, directors, vice presidents who understand the importance of investing in themselves. And they're writing their own check and paying their own way to be a part of these incredible programs and communities of lifestyle engineers to help them realize those goals. And then about 10% of the time, the company is investing in one of their team members because they believe in this way of being and this vision of our company and want to support those engineers. So certainly, if someone is connecting to this and knows, yeah, this is what I need help creating in my own life, you know, reach out. If you're in STEM and you're building your career, 
reach out directly because we want to help you one-on-one. And Deb, the reason that's how we do it primarily, we don't market to companies. If they come to us, then we we take care of them as best we can. But truly, the transformation is about the individual. And the agenda that matters to me is your agenda, not the company's agenda. And so if a company ever does come to us and say, will you coach our teams? I'm very blunt with them out of the gate. Absolutely. I would be honored to coach your teams. And we can help them transform their lives. But let's be clear. If they realize in this process that they're at the wrong company, <laughs> we're going to support them in figuring out the way to realize their vision. And that might mean leaving your, your company. So don't send them to us if you're not committed to their highest well-being in all areas, even if it means leaving. Because we're not going to submit to your agenda. It's about the client's agenda. And the engineer is the client, not the company. I don't care who's paying. So that's a little bit different than a lot of coaching organizations out there that support companies. And it's a hard line for me because, again, what we really believe in is that it's individuals who change the culture and the future, not just the company. And we really want to help you succeed in the way you define success. So one of my last questions to you is because I find similarly when I put myself out there and I do do some one-on-one coaching, some people will take me up on the offer. Somebody might say, no, not now. I've changed my coaching model, pay as you go. I don't do programs. And ultimately, I don't take it personally. They have to be ready. But I find sometimes there is a mindset challenge in order to be in the right mindset to do the mindset work. And what would you say to somebody out there that they know they need something, they can't keep doing what they're doing, but they're hesitant, they're not ready to take the next step. I want you, I want to help them make that conscious decision decision to invest in yourself. What would you say to them if they're out there and they're on that precipice of making a decision about getting a coach? There isn't a single answer to this, Deb. I wholeheartedly agree with you. This is a big challenge for all of us, by the way, Mm -hmm. to become aware clearly of where I actually stand in my life Mm -hmm. and to, again, take the ego to the side and just be honest, completely honest about where I am versus where I want to be and to take the risk and have the courage to ask for help to get there. And so if somebody's on the fence, they're, they're truly aware of the gap. Their life is not where they want it to be. They know that. If that's clear to them and they're just on the fence about asking for help, I'll share with you something that the amazing Les Brown, legendary public speaker, one of the greats of all time in terms of motivational speaking and has influenced, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of lives, you know, in real uh, speeches, live face to face, and who knows how many millions through his content, right? Les Brown and I were on a call together talking about this topic and he said to me, Zach, Most people think that asking for help is a sign of weakness, but successful people know to ask for help as many times as it takes until you get it and don't stop asking until you do. (laughs) And not as a sign of weakness, but as a sign of your strength. And it struck me in that moment so powerfully to hear someone who has stood on the biggest stages and helped people from, you know, suicidal all the way up to CEO and crushing it in life. And to hear him say that for me, that was all I needed to hear. Get out of my own way and go ask for help. Make the investment. 
So that's the first thing I would share. The other is, frankly, the feeling you're feeling right now, if that's you, you're on the fence, you don't know what to do. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncertain. Well, the fact is that feeling will not go away until you have the courage to step across the threshold and decide to do it. Nothing that I say, nothing that you read, like you will always have uncertainty. And in many ways, this moment is exactly the moment as a coach that I would say it's it's a mirror into your life. And if you see it as that and recognize I have an opportunity right now to change the trajectory of my history, I can repeat the same thing I've always done which is sit in uncertainty and go back to the ways I've done it before. Or I can cross over into the unknown with courage and go for something greater. And it takes courage. That's why our company is called Oasis of Courage. It's not an easy decision. But once you do it the first time and you experience what's possible on the other side of that decision, then you never go back. I mean, I will always have a coach. I have two coaches right now, one for business, one for life. And I I love it. I'm addicted to that process because of (laughs) how it helps me to continue to grow and and achieve things I never would have thought possible. So, you know, I'll just say, go for it. Have the courage, step up. It's not going to feel any different until you cross the line. So do you want to go into something new and great? Or do you want to go back to the way you've always done it? It's up to you. So, Zach, Zach White, CEO of Oasis of Courage, you know, normally I end with last closing thoughts, but I honestly believe that those were some of the best insights they've provided our listeners. So with that, if there is nothing else, I just want to say thank you for being a great guest and dropping in on the Drop-In CEO podcast. I want our listeners to reach out to you, check out your work, and if not yourself, if you know somebody that needs a lifestyle engineering approach to their existence, please recommend Zach. So Zach, thank you so much. And I wish you amazing success. Deb, thank you so much. And would it be okay if I made a, a an offer to anyone who has stuck with us through the interview to this point? Absolutely. Yes. So again, if you're on that fence and this is resonating as a thank you to Deb's incredible audience and just being here listening to us, I would love to gift you a free coaching session to go explore this. So if you're in STEM, you're an engineer or similar profession, and you want to explore this deeply, we have a career growth audit that we do totally free. And if it makes sense and we can support you, then we'll give you a 75-minute free coaching session to put that roadmap together for how to create the career of your dreams. That's with me, 75 minutes on my calendar, totally free. So if you want to take advantage of that, just grab your phone and shoot me a text message. It's one word, the word lifestyle. The word we've been talking around this whole conversation. Text the word lifestyle to 55444. Just that short code, lifestyle to 55444. Grab a time with our team for that career growth audit, and we're going to help you get to where you want to go. All right. Amazing offer. Take advantage of that amazing offer from Zach White. And again, thank you for providing so many amazing insights and wish you continued success serving so many that want a better lifestyle. So appreciate you being on the show and wish you well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. 
To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.